Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did? On this pod, we are all about some serious millennial real talk and diving into those uncomfortable topics we've been conditioned to believe we just shouldn't talk about. I'm your host, Allison, and right now, when I look around, I see so many millennials trying to navigate these big life transitions. And well, if that isn't you, maybe you just have this gut feeling that it's time to pivot, but you're standing in your own way because you just don't know where to start. Maybe this isn't what you want to hear, but successfully navigating any big life change starts with putting in the work to learn about yourself. If you want to level up in life, it starts with learning to be self-aware and building those life skills that we simply weren't taught in the classroom. So are you committed to doing the uncomfortable growth work? Well, if that was a hell yes, then grab some coffee and let's get ready to dive right in. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of But What If You Did? I'm your host, Allison, and well, I'm grateful that you decided to come hang out with me for a bit today. So as we head into May, that's, you know, if you're of course listening to this in real time, it is, we are heading into May of 2021 and it's been a crazy year and a half, right? And I have continued to find myself in these big growth seasons where Things are really uncomfortable. They feel like they suck most of the time. I feel like I can't tell which way's up. And the reason I started this podcast was because I felt like there were so many millennials going through the same thing and everyone kind of felt alone when really we're all going through it together. We just don't talk about it because as millennials, we were taught not to talk about the uncomfortable and the hard stuff and to always act like we have it together. And that's just not the reality. We don't always have it together. So something that I have noticed in this particular transition season that I'm navigating currently is how easy it was for me to fall out of my healthy habits and to kind of start to push my own health to the back burner. Um, You know, I did a blog post a couple weeks ago about like how I established my morning routine and that was a product of being at a really unhealthy point in my life and needing to make a change in the only time of day that I had available to make a change was the morning. Um, And so I kind of taught myself to really embrace mornings and that has really transformed my life. Um, But in this new season, I, you know, I have this solid morning routine. Like I have all of these things that have worked for me in the past, but just because they've worked for me in the past doesn't necessarily mean that these are what's going to carry me forward into this next season, right? So I've been reevaluating habits and routines and just how I'm fueling my body and what type of exercise feels good and talking to different doctors about, you know, how to sustain my health and um, really take care of myself moving forward. And um, I've been learning lots of tips and tricks, but I've also realized that if this is something that I'm working through, it's probably something some of you are also working through, right? Or maybe you're feeling a little lost and you don't know how to navigate it. So as we head into May, I'm going to start to shift our focus a little bit more to our health and wellness. I want to cover everything from why rest is important to how to manage and avoid burnout, how to, you know, really how to lean into living lives that we are fully aligned with and how our wellness and our health and all of these pieces and parts kind of play together. So I've got some really exciting conversations coming your way over the next month, but without further ado, I want to get to today's conversation. And today I sit down with Anna Dearman Karnick of the It's About Time podcast. Anna is another productivity coach, but 
she takes a completely different approach to things than Amanda did a couple weeks ago. So I am so excited for you to get to hear her perspective. This is such a fun conversation for me to record. And I really hope that you will take some time after you listen to go connect with Anna because I think she has a wealth of wisdom to be able to share and help move you forward. And this episode is just action-packed. So on that note, friends, I won't keep you waiting any longer. I'm going to go ahead and get Anna on the line and we are going to get ready to dive right in. All right. I am so excited for you guys to listen into today's conversation. Conversation? Wow, words are hard already. Um, uh, All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Anna. I'm so excited to have you. Why don't you um, go ahead and give her a little introduction and let uh, my listeners know what it is you do. Sure. Well, Allison, thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. So my name is Anna Dearman Cornick. I'm a time management coach and host of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work-life balance. Um, I won't dive into my full crazy story, but in a nutshell, I'm on a mission to help busy professionals stop feeling overwhelmed and start spending time on what matters most. I do that through coaching, speaking, workshops, and a group coaching program I'm super excited to launch later this summer. Oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting. I I think we are all striving for a little bit of that work-life balance following um, Uh, a pandemic where none of us really, I think we didn't really understand what work-life balance meant until we had to look at it from a completely different perspective. And now that we've like brought work into our homes and Some of us have gone back to work and others haven't. I think it's like there's a whole new way of navigating work-life balance nowadays. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I mean, for the first time, we really had to start making big decisions about how we wanted to spend our time instead of following a schedule that had been set for us by our jobs. Yes, which is just crazy to think how much the world has shifted. I feel like it's like hard to look back now and remember what life was really like before the pandemic, which feels so crazy because it was really only a year ago, but I feel like we've had to like accept and adjust to these new cultural norms. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've all been like looking for this sense of normalcy and it just, it doesn't exist, but then we know that it has to turn into something. And so we're all just kind of like sliding into this new normal now that vaccinations are happening. And it's just wild to watch how much the world has changed in the last year. Exactly. It's like, is it ever going to be quite the same again. Actually, there were several books on my bookshelf that I had purchased pre-pandemic that were about different things like uh, the intersection of work and motherhood and, you know, public speaking as a profession and just all of these different books. And I look at those on my shelf now and wonder, you know, just how applicable are those going to be now that the world looks completely different? I've also noticed that there's a lot of um, personal development books that I've read recently that were very clearly written or edited during the pandemic because they specifically call out that like, yeah, currently navigating this pandemic or when you look back years from now on this pandemic. And I just think it's so fascinating to already see that written in literature because yeah, wow, how is that going to translate moving forward? Or what is the next generation of readers going to think when they see that? Because I think for millennials, we're at this like super pivotal point in our lives where like we fully understand what is happening to us, but also it is completely on us to take ownership for how we're going to get through this. Whereas like Mm -hmm. Gen Z, I think still has a little bit more of that parental support of like helping them to navigate it. And generations ahead of us are like, well, we remember the financial crash a little bit better. And we remember some of these other 
that and we're already settled in our homes and careers yes. and we have our retirement funds. Yes. And millennials, we have no such thing. <laughs> Partially. Bless our hearts. I know. We'll get there someday. It's, it's the over the rainbow dream we're all shooting for. Right. The path just might be a little bit different. Yes. So something that I know that you talk a lot about is this idea that busy is not a badge of honor, right? And I think that that is such a limiting belief that so many millennials have in a way fallen victim to of like, we've been taught for so long that we have to be go, go, go all the time. And we have to work harder and harder and harder um, or we're not successful. And that limiting belief has carried us so far to where we are, but also it's stopping us from really moving forward. I would Mm -hmm. love to hear your thoughts on how millennials can start to break down this limiting belief, especially now that the world has changed so much. Yeah, definitely. So how millennials can break through this limiting belief about busy being a badge of honor. So the first thing I have to say is that I know exactly what it feels to wear a big old busy badge and for that to be my life. My career actually got started in the 24-7 world of crisis communications and government affairs. And I was in a role that had me on call all the time around the clock. Um, And after a while, I began to connect my self-worth, my value, my importance to the number of phone calls that I got during dinner and the number of times that I had to step out of a meeting to take a call, uh, being needed and being constantly busy with work is what made me feel good. And I know that I can't be alone. You know, we may not all talk about this, but I know that I can't have been alone in feeling that way. And so when it comes to breaking free from that, the first thing that you have to know is that your worth is not tied to, first of all, your productivity. Your identity is not the same as the job title on your business card. And your worth and value as a person is not tied to the the blocks on your calendar. You know, you have to first recognize that you are a whole beautiful individual human being with gifts and feelings and, you know, relationships and that, you know, you stand alone regardless of, you know, what else is going on in your life. You know, this, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we don't have a whole lot of control. You know, we like to think that we have so much control over how we spend our time and what we do and, you know, where we're going next in our career and so on. But at any moment, you know, any, anything could change. Um, and so it, it really starts with a mindset shift and first separating that worthiness from, you know, the way that you're spending your time. I think it's so interesting because when you were talking about that, it made me think of like how many millennials, the first thing you do in the morning is check your work email. Even mm-hmm. though all you want to do all day is separate yourself from your job, but you are so inclined to want to see who needed you over who a night. Me. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you get to work and you realize you were left off of a meeting or an email and you feel butthurt over the fact yeah. that you were left off of this thing because you didn't want to be left off of this thing or you feel like you should have been included when it could have been a simple error that you were left off and it has nothing to do with you. But I think as millennials, right. like we are so inclined, we take things so personally because we, we do. put so much of ourselves into our jobs. Um, that I think it's really hard for us to separate that. 
Yeah, it's, it's almost as if our entire generation is in this playing catch-up mode because we are measuring ourselves and our success against our parents or against, you know, maybe Gen X, the people who are older than us and came before us. And we see people who, well, when my parents were 28 years old, they owned a home and they already had two kids. And, you know, I don't have that yet. And so even though our life is not their life and the, um, you know, the environment, the times that we were born into is different from mm-hmm. what they encountered. We still can't help but use them as a measuring stick. And so we feel like we're behind. So we feel like we have to make up for it by working harder, working more hours, working more jobs, staying late in the evening, um, having a side hustle or two side hustles. And we just have this constant feeling that we're behind. And that drives so much of this busyness even if that busyness isn't truly productive, it's, it's like it's a fake busy that makes us feel good, even though we're just spinning our wheels or running in a hamster wheel. And I think it goes the other direction too, right? Like our younger siblings came, their environments were different. And so sometimes we even see them making steps that feel like they're moving ahead of us when really yeah. what they faced in, you know, when they were in high school versus what we faced in high school versus like that we went through different life circumstances that have landed our generations in completely different points. And I think it's sometimes even easier to compare yourself to your younger siblings and your nieces and nephews that are being like, and see that they are making steps forward that you feel like you're stopped from being able to make. And it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with you being a failure or you not being worthy or you not being capable it has so much to do with the environment in which we were placed. Mm-hmm. The environment, the economy, the state of higher education, all of that. I mean, I, you know, I'm consider myself an older millennial. I'm pretty sure I'm an older millennial. So I turned 36 in May. Um, my brother is like smack dab in the middle of the millennials. He bought a house before I did, or shortly after I did. Um he's, they're having their first child and he's six years younger than I am. And it it does feel like every, every major life milestone he is coming to before. And I just have to remind myself just, just what you said, like completely different, you know, life circumstances, depending on when we graduated. And it's, it's so hard when we are just so accustomed to comparing ourselves to others. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that because we've gotten so used to comparing ourselves, we we have tricked ourselves into like thinking that I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the the best way to like to articulate this, but I feel like yeah. we become so we've become so accustomed to comparing ourselves that we like forget how to figure out what's important to us and how to yeah. mm-hmm. what, okay, you know, we hear people say we're living in alignment with our values and what does that oh, even mean, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. I think millennials struggle in general because there are so many, there's so much information out there on how mm-hmm. to work through some of these, you know, these mindset hurdles and, you know, mental skills and... Yeah, <laughs> it's information skills. overload. I yeah. mean, you can spend all of your time in um, education procrastination, reading more articles and reading more articles and, oh, let me take this course and let me watch this webinar. And then the next thing you know, all you've done is you've filled your head with all of these different ideas and you haven't taken action on anything. Yep. Uh, 
in the group coaching program that I led last summer, the very first exercise that we did together as a group um, after establishing our vision was to define our core values. And most of us, especially millennials who are engaged in the hustle and bustle, go, 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 trying to constantly catch up, trying to, you know, live in this like life of comparison, we don't stop to actually think about and consider what is most important to us. What are the five to seven words that represent who I am and what's most important to me? And for these women in my group, it was really the first time that they had stopped long enough to really consider those those deep choices and what represented who they are and where they wanted to be. And that really served, once they did that, once they identified those core values, that really served as the foundation for everything else. You know, I like to say that time management is heart management Mm -hmm. because until you get crystal clear on what matters most to you, you can't even begin to start moving things around on your calendar. And I think something to tag onto that too is that like sometimes the reason we can't take action is because we are so overwhelmed that we haven't given ourselves time to slow down process and rest. And you cannot move forward if you do not know how to rest and prioritize breaks and the recharge. So I would love to dive into, I know that you, I believe it was a blog post or maybe it was one of your podcast episodes where you talked a lot about the four parts when it comes to breaking down rest. And I would love to dive into why we need to, as millennials, be better at prioritizing rest, but also the benefit and how that helps to move us forward into action and out of this like stagnant, overwhelmed place that we kind of get stuck in. Yeah. Oh gosh, there are so many reasons why prioritizing rest is important. And when it comes to the relationship between productivity and rest, it seems a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because so many of us would think, oh, well, the more I work, the more productive I can be. The more hours I put in, the more I'll get done, the further ahead I'll get, the more money I'll make, the more noticed I'll be at work, the more clients I can get. When in reality, the law of diminishing returns kicks in the law of diminishing returns. You can work up to a certain point. And once you hit that point, I want to say that um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's once you hit around 45 to 50 hours of of work in one week, um, the law of diminishing returns kicks in and you actually become less and less productive with every additional hour worked. You know, just like busy as a badge of honor, a lot of people like to brag about how many hours they work each week. Yes. Well, I'm pulling 60 hour weeks or I'm working 80 hour weeks. And Allison, whenever someone tells me that, I'm just like, oh, okay, good for you. And in my head thinking, bless your heart, because you're A, you're probably not working that many hours. Um, and B, you're not being productive with all of your hours. Therefore, you're actually wasting your time. Okay. So first point, first point being there's no need to work that many hours because of the law of diminishing returns. And so if that, if that is enough to make you rest, then, then that's great. But on top of that, if we don't take time to rest, our bodies are not able to physically replenish themselves in order to come back and create that, that, that level of productivity. And I'll say that like, 
the point of rest is not just to be more productive. Like you need, you need to rest and you need to be productive, but without rest, you cannot be as productive as you would be otherwise. Um, how many of you listening consider yourself to be a creative or work in a creative industry? Maybe you're writing social media captions or like Allison, you're recording podcasts or you're an artist or you're a maker. Creativity flourishes in the downtime. Uh, I almost said Alexander Hamilton. What's his name? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, you know, wrote Hamilton and is a prolific songwriter has said that his best ideas come when he is resting, when he's doodling or playing, you know, trucks on the floor with his kids, when he's having that downtime, you will have your biggest light bulb moments during your times of rest. I mean, anybody who's ever had a brilliant idea in the shower knows exactly what I'm talking about because you're, you're zoned out, you're thinking, you're letting your mind rest. And that's when the ideas come. That's when the ideas happen. Um, and that's why it's so important to plan for breaks during your day. You know, we were talking about rest and you can sort of break out breaks into a subset of rests. If you're, you know, thinking of like a chart in your head, um, and that without breaks during our day, again, we hit that law of diminishing returns. You know, humans are capable of focusing, truly focusing on something in front of them for max like two hours, I think. 90 minutes to two hours is really the max that we have in terms of being able to focus. And so if you tell yourself, I'm not getting up from my desk until I finish this product, this project, and you find yourself slugging through and feeling so out of it when you hit that two, two and a half hour mark, you're wasting your time. When you would benefit so much more from getting up, taking a break, um, six, a six minute walk outdoors has just amazing returns when it comes to it's what it does to replenish our mind, um, our, you know, our creativity, our problem solving skills. And you just, anyone who says, I don't have time to take a break, um, just is just isn't taking isn't taking their productivity seriously enough. And I don't I don't want to be like, oh, super serious about productivity, but it's like if if you care about your work and if you care about truly getting things done and making a contribution, you have to care just as much about taking intentional breaks. Mm-hmm. I think it's very common to see millennials that are so willing to, like you said, well, I there's so much that had to get done today at work that I didn't stop at all. I didn't stop for my breaks or lunch today. And they, yeah, they, I didn't eat lunch today. I'm like, oh, well, I, I feel really bad for you. Right, like, right. I'm not impressed with that. Like that does not, I don't think you're cool. I think you're making bad decisions. Yes, I completely agree. I am so, <laughs> I used, tough love. Right. I used to be told that I was like mom at work because I would be like, did you eat lunch? You need to stop and go eat lunch. And people would look at me like, no, I need to keep going. I have so much to do. No, you cannot act as your best self and be productive and do all of the things that you need to do today if you haven't eaten anything, if you haven't stopped to give yourself a mental break for five minutes. And you know what's so unfortunate, Allison, is that there was probably a time, there was probably a day where that that person that you were talking to, Susie, who was skipping lunch again, there was probably a day very early in her career where she felt the need to skip lunch and she got a gold star from someone 
She mm. got a pat on the back from a superior. Someone noticed how dedicated she was to her work by, as a result of yeah. skipping her lunch. Um, and that became reinforcement for her. That, that became her proof that, oh, well, if I work through lunch, so-and-so will see how dedicated I am and that will increase my status. That will increase the possibility that I may get promoted, that I may get a raise. It's because like, we didn't just invent this idea on our own. It's because we've been given positive reinforcements from people because it benefits them. I remember the first day that I stayed late in one of my first jobs. Um, I was single. I, you know, didn't have kids. I mean, I had a dog at that point, but I stayed late at work to help on a project. Can't tell you how many pats on the back I got. I was just, it was a big deal. And that's when I realized, oh, so that's how I get ahead is by putting in extra hours. And essentially what happened is they tricked me into starting to work for free based on, you know, a pat on the back. And that's what happens. And so many of us, that's happened to so many of us. And that's why we do that. And that's why we work on weekends. And that's why we're, that's why we jump every time we get a vibration on our email because we're like, oh wait, who needs me? <laughs> I'm who needs ready. me? Yeah, no, yeah. it's totally true. And it, it's funny because this just happened to me the other day, but kind of in a uh, similar respect, but um, one of uh, the people that I work under was like, hey, um, I really need you to come in early on Monday so that we can work on this thing. And I was like, Mm, I'd be happy to see if I can fit that in later in the week, but I really can't on Mondays because Mondays is when the podcast goes out. And so like I send out my newsletter and I have a lot of things that I do for this community that happen on Monday morning. So Monday morning is not a flexible time for me. Um, and I said, yeah, I, unfortunately I have something before work on Monday and I really can't make that work this last minute, but I'd be happy to try to look at my schedule later in the week if there's a day that works for you. And I got this oh, well, everyone else just kind of is willing to just come in early when we tell them to. And it, they're so not used to somebody drawing a boundary and yeah. saying no that when you do <laughs> you, say And that's no, the thing. You didn't even say no. You said not that morning. Yep. And they try to make you feel bad about it and to guilt you into it. And that's where millennials in this need to please because we have felt stagnant in our careers and we don't know how to move ourselves forward. We are so inclined to be like, well, okay, is this what I need to do to do that? Okay. Then I, I've got to figure it out. And that's yeah. why we don't rest. That's why we don't take breaks. That's why, because we are constantly trying to say yes and people please our ways to the top. And by doing so we diminish what is actually important in our own lives. And we yeah. tell ourselves that we're not important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I want to go back to, you were talking a little bit about like the recharge and why that's so important. And I think that like something that millennials don't do really well is we don't plan for that, right? Like we, right. we mm -hmm. might know that like, okay, I need time to recharge. Like I'm an introvert. I know that I need quiet time to recharge, but yeah. we don't plan that into our calendars. And then it gets, sometimes if you don't actually write it down on paper, you actually won't make space for it. Um, no. And so I would love to hear your tips and tricks on like, how do you plan for a recharge and how do you make sure that you're making space for that in your life? That is such a great question. So I like to think of recharge in, with three different categories, rest, 
recreation and relationships. Mm. So we've already talked a lot about rest. Rest falls under, you know, making sure you're taking enough breaks, making sure that you're getting enough sleep at night. Um, and the quick tip for making sure that you're getting enough sleep at night at night is to put together a really cool evening ritual that makes you excited to get ready for bed. You know, add something special in there, like a face mask or just something that makes you look forward to to, to resting that, you know, is a signal to your body. Okay. We're beginning the shutdown sequence. Um, let me start preparing myself mentally to settle into that rest, um, setting yourself up for success with things like blackout curtains and an eye mask. I've become a very high maintenance sleeper <laughs> lately because I recognize how critical it is to get quality sleep in order to be my best self for my clients, my, my, you know, podcast audience, my family, of course, and for myself. And so that rest cannot be neglected. Um, and but, you're a new mom. So I can't I imagine that rest <laughs> is like an easy thing to come by nowadays. Oh my gosh. Allison, last night, I think my little girl, Elizabeth, so she turned eight weeks today. She woke up twice in the middle of the night. The second time she woke up, she spit up so much. We ended up having to change her pajamas twice. And it was just, it was bananas, but I did get to sleep in until eight o'clock this morning. I mean, so that I'm is feeling, something. feeling amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the blackout curtains yeah. played a huge role in that, but, um, that and my husband being kind enough to, you know, not kind enough, but I mean, he's doing his job as a parent to like get up and make breakfast right. for my two-year-old. But <laughs> all of that to say, yes, you have to be intentional about that, yes. that rest. But in addition to rest, the two types of recharge that we often just expect to kind of happen. You know, we don't intentionally plan for recreation and relationships. Recreation is play. Recreation is like Lin-Manuel Miranda sitting on the floor with his kid and playing trucks and having that bright idea about, you know, what to do in the second line of, you know, whatever song, but it's, you know, we need to have fun. We need to have creative outlets. We need to have fun for the sake of fun. And one thing that I like to do each week to plan for recreation, to plan for that type of recharge is uh, every Thursday morning, I have a reminder that pops up in Trello, which is the project management tool that I like to use. And it's called Look Ahead. So every Thursday morning, I have a reminder that says, look ahead. And so I open up this card on my Trello board and there's a little checklist that says, um, you know, what do you want to do for fun this weekend? And I, there's even a checklist that says a little a line on my checklist that says, um, do you want to make any fun recipes from the latest issue of Southern Living? So I really like baking. I like cooking new recipes. The only magazine that I subscribe to is Southern Living Magazine. I'm from Louisiana. Um, and I know that if we wait until Saturday morning and we wake up and we're exhausted And you can spend until noon just trying to decide what do we want to do today? And then half the day's gone. It's time for my two-year-old's nap time and the day's over. And so by having that reminder on Thursday morning to look ahead and decide, you know, do we want to go to a park? Do we want to hopefully one day go to the children's museum when it reopens? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what activities do we want to do? I can put in a grocery order 
for recipe ingredients. So I can make that, you know, cucumber mint salad from the latest issue. I can, you know, block out time Saturday morning so that when we get up, we've got a plan. And so that's one really simple and effective way that you can plan for recharge, plan for recreation. I even ask myself, do I want to take a nap this weekend? I love because that. I'm all about you, the naps. Like, I mean... When you've got yeah. kids and a whole bunch of moving parts, you if you're going to take a nap, you've got you can't just like expect that it's going to happen. You can't just right. expect that the time is going to free itself up. And so that's how I plan for recreation. Um, and then the third part of recharge is relationships. You know, those good, those energy giving relationships that we have with people that you know, that those people that we feel most alive with, you know, whether that's a significant other or a best friend, or it's your great aunt who lives in Michigan that you want to start having a every other weekly phone call with, you know, so often we just expect those things to happen. It kind of reminds me of how, you know, when we were little, we didn't have to put our friends' birthday parties in our calendars. Like our parents just kind of took care of our social calendars. You right. know, we would, okay, it's Susie's birthday. Let's, you know, Get go to her birthday party yeah. or it's time for this activity or it's time for T-ball or it's time for this. You know, we, we were in so many activities that we didn't have to think about things like that. And now that we're adults, we're having to create our own recreation and our, and we're having to make that time for relationships ourselves. And, you know, I think this past year, the way that we've all been at home, um, during the pandemic, you know, we've had, we've been forced to be more intentional about our relationships. You know, there it's, it felt like that there was another zoom happy hour every other day last April and May yeah. when people like were really like starved for that, um, that interaction. And you know, that, that tapered off a lot, but you know, maybe that looks like having, I feel like a, a, a date night with your significant other is probably the most cliche example, but it really is. It's planning for how you want to, to cultivate those relationships. But before you can do that, you have to decide which relationships you want to cultivate because you have to decide, you know, who do I want to invest my time in? Because we, you know, we have a limited amount of time and we can't, um, it's like Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule, you know, yeah. 20% of our relationships are going to give us the 80% of the satisfaction that we have from relationships. So who is it that we want to invest in? So I guess starting by thinking through, you know, who are the people in this season of life that I want to cultivate intentional relationships with and how do I want to create those intentionally? And is that something that you want to add to your look ahead checklist? You know, mm -hmm. your whole life doesn't have to be a checklist, but man, it sure helps to have reminders. Yeah. I think there's two really good points there. One is that your relationships are going to change in different seasons. So the people mm -hmm. that are giving you energy after this last year may not be the same people that were before, and that's okay. I think there's this, like, giving yourself oh, yeah. permission to accept the fact that, like, relationships changed because we all went through our own versions of hard, and your version of hard may not align with one somebody that you considered to be a best friend prior to this, and that's okay. Yeah. We have to be okay with our relationships evolving through this. Um, yeah. And I also think that there's a level of giving yourself grace when you are being intentional with these relationships, because 
we can't just go back to our old lives. They don't exist anymore. And we get so burnt out from this whole idea of like having to socially interact with people, right? Like if you haven't gone back to work in person, you probably have a hard time remembering what it feels like to be in conference rooms surrounded by human beings all day. And if you, you know, we're not going out after work every day anymore. So, So if you're going out one day after work right now to see someone because you're fully vaccinated now and you can, that's really exciting. But you don't need to do it two or three times in a week because then you're not going to be able to intentionally pour your energy into that outing because you're so exhausted because one outing feels like 15 now. It's like, let it be special. Like instead of having a dime a dozen interactions, like let some of them just be special. And you made such an important point when you reminded us that our friendships have probably changed in the last year. I'm going to be really honest at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all under lockdown, um, my husband was in a job that required him as a result of the pandemic to work in a different city on a night shift. I had a, I guess she must have been 13, 14 months old at the time. My youngest daughter, first daughter was 14 months old at the time. I was at home alone by myself and I was a member of a group chat, a group thread with a group of women who I had volunteered for, volunteered with for an organization, yada, yada, yada. And they spent all of their conversational energy in this group chat bashing their husbands for, you know, I'm having to do all the work and he's just this and da, 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 da. And it was so negative. They were complaining about virtual school. They were complaining about, you know, their kids and they were, and I was just sitting there by myself with my baby, like just wishing that my husband could be home with me. and. I had to leave the group. I had to, I had to put it on mute and stop getting notifications. And I felt so much better. I felt Mm -hmm. so much happier, I guess, less toxic as I, I didn't realize just how much the negativity of that group was affecting me until I stepped away. And so that's just to say that whether there is a relationship that's not serving you anymore, or even people or brands or accounts that you're following on social media, whenever you see those, if they make you feel weird, you don't have to follow them. Like you, you can put people on mute. You can unfollow accounts if you think that they won't notice and be mad about it. I mean, right. You know, is affected and impacted by so much and, you know, you don't have to pour your energy into relationships that aren't serving you anymore. You don't have to. I think that that is such an important takeaway. Um, So I would love to go back and just kind of let's recap limiting beliefs, prioritizing rest and breaks, and planning for the recharge. So guys, remember, limiting beliefs. Busy is not a badge of honor. And we can wear ourselves Mm -hmm. into the ground trying to achieve busy right now. Don't choose your new badge of honor. Yeah. Decide what your new badge of honor is going to be. Is your new badge of honor going to be thoughtful? Is it going to be patient? Are you going to wear, you know, loving as a badge of honor? Are right. you going to wear tension as a badge of honor? Pick something else besides busy. Busy is basic and boring. <laughs> right? We have moved on from busy. <laughs> we're a generation of change makers and we're not waiting around for busy anymore. 
Uh-uh. Um, prioritizing rest and breaks. We cannot be our most productive selves if we are not resting and if we are not taking breaks. Sleep is important. You should look forward to sleep every night. It should not be the thing that annoys you because you have to sleep. You should want to sleep every night. I get a solid eight hours because I love sleep. Go build a better relationship with it. (laughs) And rest in general. Make it a treat. Yes. (laughs) Um, And planning for the recharge. You have to make space to recharge your energy. And whether that's, like you said, with relationships, whether that's... Uh, what were your other two? Now I've already forgotten them. <laughs> uh, re- re- recreation, <laughs> rest, one. recreation, and relationships. Yes, I love that. So if you take anything away from this episode, I hope that you go back and really relook at those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Really take a look at how you are finding rest and breaks in your life and how you are making space to plan to recharge in your life. So I like to wrap up every conversation with one of my favorite questions. And that's because I think we often don't focus on what we did to get us through the hard stuff, right? Like we don't give ourselves credit when we navigated a really hard season. We're just like, oh man, thank God that's over with. Um, And it's not until years later when we reflect back where we're like, wow, that was really cool that I navigated this really crazy thing. So when you look back a year from now, what do you think you'll be most proud of yourself for? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Honestly, just thinking about this makes me want to tear up. Um, Thinking in terms of like the pandemic times, you know, that time that I shared with you about where I was at home for an extended period of time with my, you know, slightly older than one year old, that that's when I really got to see what I was made of Yeah, as a mom, as a woman, as just as a millennial, just as a person, that's when I really got to see what I was made of because I was solving problems. I was learning how to, you know, take care of a baby completely by myself with no help, trying to navigate what this crazy pandemic life was. I was still running my business. I was still coaching clients and working with soon to graduate college seniors as they were navigating this crazy time. And I'm, I'm so proud of how resilient, whoo, so proud of how resilient I was. Oh my gosh, Allison, what's going on? (laughs) Um, Just, yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't stop enough to really look back and let ourselves be proud of the things that we, that we did and that we made it through. And I I look back on how hard that time was trying to, you know, figure out how to do everything myself with my husband being out of town. But I also look back on that time as being really sweet because of all of the one-on-one time that I got with my little girl and all of the, you know, watching Moana and going for walks. And I'm really proud of how I grew during that time and what I learned about myself and yeah, that I just got to see what I was made of. So thanks for asking that question and kind of bringing me back to that. I, um, I love that you brought up how resilient it made you feel because I think that like that's something millennials they don't associate themselves enough with millennials are really freaking resilient because we have been dealt these insane number of curveballs that we've just been expected to figure out and navigate um whether it's in our careers our personal lives relationships like we are resilient as a generation. And I think that that's something that like when people say they're like oh yeah it's it's a buzzword right nowadays 
oh, you just have to go be more resilient. But like truly as a generation, I do think we are a very resilient generation. So I love that. And I also think you should give yourself credit for setting boundaries with all of those (laughs) women that were projecting negativity into your life during that time, right? Because I think that that's something that we also tend to look past is that like sometimes you have to grow a little bit of a skin to put a boundary in place and to ask people to respect that boundary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't have people listening to it. I could walk away. Mm -hmm. All of us have that option to walk away when something isn't serving us. And I think that's a great reminder to wrap up today's episode on. Well, friends, this has been such a fun conversation. Oh, and before we go, why don't you tell my listeners where they can connect with you? Because that would be super important. Well, thank you. Thank you. So like I said in the beginning, my name is Anna Dearman Cornick. I'm a time management coach and I'm host of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies for women seeking better work, life and balance. I have a brand new episode that drops every single Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. So I would be so honored if you would tune in, let me know what you think. And then I also hang out on Instagram a good bit. Um, my handle is Anna D. Cornick. I'm sure Allison will link to it and share it. And um, I would love for you to come find me there. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And um, I would love to talk. Yes, I love that. All right, friends. I've had so much fun with this conversation. I hope you've enjoyed listening. And well, I will see you right back here same time next week. Okay, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. But I want to take a moment to celebrate the fact that you showed up and put in the work, even if it felt hard. Growth doesn't always feel good, but it sure does mean you're leveling up in life. For show notes, blog posts, downloadable resources, and more, head on over to butwhatifyoudidpod.com and be sure to join our But What If You Did community insiders so that you never miss an update. Just scroll to the bottom of the screen and sign up for free. And if you vibed with this episode, I would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts telling us what vibed with you. This is the best way to help the podcast grow and I just love hearing how the pod is resonating with you. Simply take a screenshot of your review and send it to hello at allisonpalank.com. That's hello at A-L-Y-S-O-N-P-A-L-L-A-N-C-K.com and I'll send you my exclusive Life Lessons Roadmap for Surviving 2021 Workbook as a thank you. See you soon.